Hello and welcome to the Laser Lounge podcast, where we like to bring you things about business, operations, and just plain old how-to for laser community. We talk specifically about CO2 and fiber lasers. So please sit back and listen to our weekly podcast for some of our special guests. You can find us in Facebook at the Laser Lounge at Pate Ranch, or there's also a YouTube, the Laser Lounge at Pate Ranch. Hope you enjoy our weekly podcast. Thank you. All right. Hey, guys. Um, welcome to another live stream from the Laser Lounge at Pate Ranch. So hope everyone is able to see us and can tune in today. If not, we're recording. So wanted to uh, do just an introduction. This is our weekly live stream that we like to bring to you. We kind of either do it in the day or in the afternoon. Just depends on the timing of, of all of our participants. But we're bringing you a time to bring in some business concepts, some, some discussions with some subject matter experts in our field and also in the fields that we actually cater to. So uh, you can find us on the Laser Lounge at on Facebook or also on our YouTube page, the Laser Lounge at Pate Ranch. And also uh, May Designs actually has a YouTube as well. And we will take this live stream and turn it into a podcast so you can find us in many different ways. So if you're missing it today, we'll be able to catch you later on your drive to work. So that's how you find us. So want to say uh, thank you to our sponsors, Thunder Laser USA. If you're looking for a commercial laser, you can check them out on thunderlaserusa.com and they can answer any questions that you may have. So today in the lounge, we have a special guest, Sarah Getzinger. She's a large community events manager. And so I'm really excited about having her in today. May was able to uh, get her in here. So I appreciate that May pulling on some strings to get her in here. Um, she's basically somebody who's gonna help us see that other side of, of we're vendors and we go to large events. What does it look like from the other side? So, May, I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce Sarah and uh, get us started this morning. Yes, thank you. Uh, so nice to be back. We had a little bit of a break uh, for Labor Day uh, week, and it's nice to be back here. And um, I know a lot of people are getting into um, the fall swing of things, and that means market, pop-up markets. And this is very timely because we are talking with Sarah and she's an expert in this uh, topic. I'm going to have her introduce herself, kind of like give you guys an overview on what she does in our area here in Raleigh. I know you guys in your other markets, you probably have your own community events manager, but this is Sarah's specialty. I'm going to turn it over to her so she can introduce herself and share what she does. Thanks, ladies. I appreciate y'all having me today. Um, so my name is Sarah Getzinger. I work for a nonprofit business alliance called Shop Local Raleigh. Um, we work with small business owners um, to connect them with the community to help them grow. Uh, one of the ways that we do that is through a couple large scale community events throughout the year. Um, so we've got one coming up that is called Falling for Local. Um, that one we have about over 100 vendors. Um, it's free to attend. It's got a couple stages of live music, a big free pumpkin patch. Uh, so it's a, it's a really really big fun time. Um, this will be our third year having it. We had a little bit of a hiatus with the pandemic, um, but last year in our second year, we saw over 25,000 attendees. So it's, it's wow. going quickly and we're, we're excited to see what this year brings us. It's really fun. Yeah, I went to that event last year for the first time and um, 
I bugged Sarah to death. <laughs> I was definitely scared. Um, you know, like she says, there's over a hundred vendors. And then on top of that, the number of attendees is insane. And then the logistics in itself scared me. But Sarah and her team, I don't know what magic they did, but they made it really <laughs> easy. And um, the crew, the greeting crew that, you know, kind of like ushered me to my spot. It was pretty amazing. And then even the community helpers, um, I don't think you get, you can pull together a big event like that without those key people. And they do it with a smile on their faces. And I'm just over the moon. I left the event feeling very, obviously, I met my goal as a, as a, a small business owner being out there and participating for the first time in a massive event like that. But the experience was incredible. So you guys are doing such an incredible job. Well, thank you. That's wonderful to hear. <laughs> so I... I Alicia likes to throw in like an icebreaker here and there. And I, I thought there's probably one that I want to throw in and ask Sarah and Alicia. So if you are in um, a state fair um, talking about events, what would be your, you know, favorite treat? Don't worry about dieting. Just like yeah. go big. You tell me, okay, Alicia, you go first. Okay, so I would be uh, chomping on a big turkey leg, a big smoked turkey leg, and that would be followed up by a um, funnel cake, and I'd probably be drinking a big old beer. <laughs> Sarah, what's your favorite? I, I am also a big fan of the turkey leg, but um, the deep fried Oreos are, are my dessert. Oh, yeah. Dessert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I have had one of those. I am a sucker for the big basket of um potato chips oh the oh. ribbon fries the yeah. ribbon fries they're yeah. so good okay. and um i do love um i've tried the crispy cream burger and what is that it's like wrong the bun is crispy it's wrong but it's so good so <laughs> oh, two donuts as a bun <laughs> so yeah so the crispy cream huh. donuts they use that as your bun and then you have, you know, your burger yeah. in the middle. That's interesting. They had that one time and I was, I was like, well, I'm going to try it. I mean, I don't yeah. go to the fair all the time. Just that's true. Live it well, up. That's a good, <laughs> good question, May. Definitely. It looks like Sarah and I have something in common. We're going to be over there by the turkey leg bar. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah, um, one uh, key question that um, popped up in my head Um now a lot of people are, you know, maybe different seasons as as a maker business business owner. Uh, why should um, small and medium sized businesses should participate in local events like the one you manage? Yeah, it's a great way to really connect with the community and share your story. So it's more than just you kind of posting on social or you know having your website really gain traction. It's, it's meeting those people in the community. They can be an advocate for your business. They say, oh, I ran into May. She was so nice. And she told me she could actually customize X, Y, and Z for me. Or, you know, you can share more info than, than you typically can in another setting. Um, and it's just a great way to meet other uh, larger clientele, I feel like, that you might not run into in another way um, in a very casual kind of laid back atmosphere while you're hopefully having some fun as well. Yeah. 
Um, another thing that, you know, a lot of people, you know, there's different ranges when it comes to booth expenses or participation. When you participate for your um, market, um, how does that work? Are there different levels of like, you know, cost? Um, I know where, you know, a lot of people are probably interested in, oh, can I afford it? I'm a small business owner. Can I afford $50? You know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, can you kind of like walk us through like the different levels mm -hmm. of participation uh, cost? Sure. So we have, um, we do a couple different community events and they're all priced a little bit differently. Um, Falling for Local in particular, that one we really wanted to make very affordable to small businesses so that we could have as many participants as possible um, because we are a nonprofit business alliance. Um, we have a membership base, so we offer a discounted rate to any members of the organization. Um, so we do try and make it as affordable as possible. Um, the Falling for Local is $50 for artisans. Um, so anybody that makes their own products, it's $50. Um, if you are a non-member, it's $150, and that actually just includes a year of membership to shop with Crowley in it. Um, we have for retailers and service providers, we do $75. For their vendor fee and then for food trucks is a hundred okay that's so let cool. me ask a follow-on question with that sure you know me as a, a a vendor when i go look at an event and there's indoor and outdoor and there's usually a price difference with it what do you see uh that is um more popular and i know it may vary but do you as a person who puts these on let's say it's a nice day all right obviously if it's raining people are going to be inside it, where strategically is the better place for me to, to put up a booth on a day, a nice day, inside or out? What, what have you seen as far as how people flow? Yeah, it, it always varies just kind of on the programming of the event. Um, we did have an event this summer that was an indoor-outdoor event. Um, the live music was outside, but the um, it was a beer tasting event and a lot of the beer was indoors. So, you know, I think from an event organizer standpoint, you kind of want to try and make sure that both areas are well programmed so that there isn't mm -hmm. really a, a good spot that it's all equally dispersed and that you're getting traction throughout the entire festival footprint. So ideally, there is no one way or the other. Yeah, but um, I would depends certainly, on it. Yeah. I yeah. would certainly say as, as a vendor, if, if you're looking at one that maybe has um, some different options to, to kind of ask those questions like where is the programming what are you doing to activate this area of the festival okay um, that's good so that you can kind of determine for yourself what's going to work best for you that's a really good point sarah um what about um like myself i've learned a lot of things when i you know i'm out there actually working the event um you know I don't even get me started when it comes to like weather conditions, like the wind, you know, <laughs> rain and things like that. I know you've seen it all. Um, but what, from your experience, um, do you have any advice for, um, especially people that are willing to try an outdoor indoor event, anything that you can give advice to people that want to participate? Yeah. I mean, I, I've, definitely think, you know, being prepared for whatever scenario is out there mm -hmm. is, is going to set you up the best for success. So even if it's not weather dependent, you know, making sure that you've got a backup battery with you so that if you don't have access to power in your payment processor or is your phone, that way you've got an extra charge to it. Having like a mobile device that is internet accessible in case there's issues with the Wi-Fi, just making sure that you're really prepared for all those things. 
I definitely highly recommend not bringing things into stuff like cardboard boxes because when it does rain or if there is bad weather, yeah. um, those types of things do tend to get damaged and wet. Um, if your tent has walls on it, you know, I would suggest looking into those if you don't have a, a tent with walls. Um, some events are rain or shine, others, you know, will will call it if it's depending on the inclement weather. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you can stick it out and you might be one of the few vendors out there, you know, it may be worth it to you to, <laughs> to make those. Yeah, I, I would say that one of my better investments was getting a good quality vendor tent. You know, a lot yeah. of people that are new to it are struggling along with that Walmart job and mm -hmm. they just don't hold up. I mean, those white ones, I don't mean, I, I'm just used to those professional white ones. It's yeah, worth yeah. the 250 or whatever it is. They have yeah. the walls. You can pull them down for sun. You can mm -hmm. use them as backdrops, whatever. Exactly. Um, so definitely good point there. Yeah. Yeah. And those are, you know, they're, they're sturdy to where when it starts to rain, it doesn't set yeah. in on you. You want to make sure you've got some good tent weights and that you're, you're properly weighted down. The last thing you want is your tent taken off in the middle of an event because of a wind gust. Yeah, I see so many violators of those, right? You know, people are always like, bring your weights, and, and a lot of people don't, and then it's yeah. a big safety hazard. One it's of the things that you mentioned that it made me think as you're talking, that probably a good, you know, operation is to get there early so that you can set up and go, okay, what did I forget? And you yeah. see so many vendors fly in like an hour before the thing <laughs> starts, and it's like, and they're over there scrambling and freaking out. So I'm sure you see it day in, day out on these events, but the sooner you can get there or prep the night before, the better. Exactly. I think, you know, coming up with that list of what do I need to have for every event? I need to have my cell phone charger. I need to have my card yeah. reader. I need a cash box. I need my signage. I need my displays and, and really kind of having that reference list to go off of. And then that way you can maybe just keep a, a tote box that's filled with some of those essentials and is ready to go. You know, you've got your power strip and your extension cord yeah. in there and all those things. And and like you mentioned, yeah, I mean, load in is always the most stressful time for any event. That's when you're still trying to tweak things and you're dealing with a lot of people showing up at once. So the earlier you show up, the less stressful it will be on you as a vendor to, to get into place. Um, a lot of people tend to come towards the end and then it it is it kind of creates that bottleneck and then everybody's panicked and rushed to get to their spot and it, it really, yeah. if you've got the, the time to spare, get there a little early, drop your stuff off, get it set up, maybe go check out the food trucks if that's at something at your event. If it's in an area that you can go grab a coffee, you know, really take your yeah. time to get settled in. Yeah, and then watch I've all the ever, other people struggling. <laughs> I, know, I don't think I've ever attended an event where I had an extra time to get something <laughs> to eat. <laughs> the one time, well, last year, um, I remember um, my participation, you guys gave me tickets to get beer. And then I remember it started raining and then all the beer tents closed, shut down. And so what am I going to do with my beer tickets? Now I'm ready to drink. <laughs> now I've got the time. That's right. Well, good, good thing. I'm friends with one, one of, um, well, our good friend, Bobby. Yes, <laughs> I was there. So he said, come on over here. I'll take care I'm of you. you. Um, so speaking of like being prepared, things like that. Um, right now, a lot of people are really capitalizing on social media presence. Um, do you guys help in any way? Like, what do you guys do 
um, to kind of like promote and bring those um, crowds in um, weeks or months or how do you guys handle that? Yeah, so we have um, a evergreen landing page on our website for all of our signature annual events. So we continue to update that throughout the year um, so that it's got relevant information and so that there's always kind of a, a place to touch on that event so that if somebody's interested, like what kind of fall festivals are going on in Raleigh this year, whether they're searching that in July or January or August, you know, they're going to land on that page. Um, outside of that, we really start pushing hard on the social media of saying, you know, this event's three months away, it's one month away, applications are open, whatever kind of information we have to share, we try and put it out there in the community to start creating a buzz. Um, a big thing that we do is immediately following event, we go ahead and duplicate that Facebook event because while it's fresh in people's minds, they're like, oh, that was so much fun. Let me go ahead and say like, oh, I'm going yeah. to this again next year so that I remember it. And that captures a big amount of the people that you had that year as returning. Yeah. Um, but we do, we, we try and work with um, all of our participants, um, vendors and food trucks and sponsors to, to promote the event as well. Um, you know, we have certainly a voice to share the news, but you guys have a, a built-in fan base. Like you, these people want to come find you. They want to shop with you. So you sharing that information as a vendor, maybe right when you get accepted, you go ahead and say like, I'm so excited for this event that's in two months. And then as it approaches, really making sure that it's, in your newsletters, that it's on your website calendar, that you're making a post about it a week ahead of time or a little bit in advance besides just the day of to help draw out the people that, that would be there to seek you out. You already know that they like you. They're following you on social. So I think trying to we try and make it easy by creating some yeah. uh, sample blurbs and providing photos. So it's like, we don't want to put too much on you. So here's an easy <laughs> post that you can share and say, this is where I'm going to be in a week. That's right. <laughs> Um, I remember from, you know, just looking back at some of the events that you guys have done, I always see a, you know, shop local Raleigh uh, photographer that kind of, you know, um, documents the whole event. Um, um, how does that work? Like, do you need to like have like, you know, are you just capturing like candid shots of, of everybody throughout the event? I'm sure you guys have signed like a waiver saying that's okay. Or I don't know. The, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember. Like, um, yeah. Some of them ended up on your main page. It was nice. I didn't even know yeah. that that guy existed. And so that was nice, um, you know, to see people in action for those events. And then are you open to sharing some of those photos? You know, let's say, for another, you know, company, let's say Highwire, um, can I use some of the yeah. photos that you guys have taken? Are you guys open to sharing something like that? Absolutely. We um, we work with a great photographer for a lot of our same events, and he does a really good job capturing kind of some overall just crowd and candid shots of people enjoying the different festivals. But he also makes it a point to try and get some individual photos of the different booths and vendors that are there. Yeah. So we hope that that is is useful to you as a marketing tool that you can say look at this fun festival that I was a part of yeah you do it again next year here's me last year at this festival exactly and so absolutely I mean they're on our, our Facebook page and you're welcome to share them we do ask that you um give credit, credit to yeah. the photographer yeah. Um, yeah but 
but yeah, please, he's he's happy to get his name out there as well, and we're really happy to have some some high quality photos for different vendors to to use that they can yeah. promote the event. Yeah, I think that's really brilliant to have. You know, um, you just never know when you attend some of these events. You know, um, when you're kind of like in the process of getting your client to you know attend a show, it's nice to see that you have like you know a halfway follow-up in there and then yeah. something you can reference back and use for future things. Like you said, like I use as a marketing tool. So that's really brilliant that you guys are able to do that. Yeah. And if you Sarah, have, I have you know, a, maybe a oh, friend sorry. that can come, Oh, that's okay. If you have a friend that can come out and take some photos with you, I think that's also great for your own business to show just the kind of different setup that you have. And that's I know right. you're probably busy behind the table making transactions and sales but yeah using that moment to really gather some marketing content material I think is a great idea I was going to ask Sarah um, maybe a little insight to the makers for the application process and specifically um, how do you guys vet them let's say you have a big event where you know it's going to be full so you open your application date on the first and then you get a flood of them is it first come first serve or is it you're going to look at were they here last year or what is their, um, you know, what do they provide? And then how many have they done? And so do you screen it that way? Just kind of some general process on how you vet the vendors would be nice. Sure. So, you know, each market and organizer kind of has their own process. Um, for us, we certainly prioritize people that are members of the organization. Um, and then also people that have participated in, in previous events. Um, if we have a standing relationship with you then we certainly want to invite you back and have you involved again um but we we're our main goal is to really just support small businesses so we try and fit as many as possible so that we can help give you that opportunity to connect with the community um we don't really put our own preference into whether or not like i like this product or not it's more so how it's is your branding great you know do you have an established website and a facebook yeah. and social media um, occasionally you get, you know, applications that don't really have links or they're linking to their personal Instagram and stuff like that. And, and those tend to be a little bit harder to, to kind of weed through. Um, you really want to make sure that it is an established and reputable business so that they are. Showing okay, up that's a really good point. Good that's a really good point you just made about uh, that y'all do go and look and making sure it's not just, you know, a random Etsy or something like that. It needs to be look like you're really in business and, and providing something to the community. So I appreciate that input. Sure. And we do want to make sure it's a successful event for all. So if there's a, a lot of people within the same category, you know, we do have to kind of prioritize. So making sure that your products are unique or that you have something yeah. kind of different to offer. Um, helps you stand out and helps it make it easier on us to say, okay, these people aren't too similar. We can afford to have both of them later. Yeah. No, yeah. I like that. And I know in my area alone, there's a few um, competitions that, you know, that offer the same, you know, similar products as my shop. So it's nice to know, um, you know, like from your vantage point of view, like what that looks like. Um, what about, um, since I know it's important to have, you know, like a real business presence externally, um, now for, um, you know, people interested in attending the different events that you guys do, um, like what's the percentage of like 
real out of town people attending? Maybe somebody's parents are visiting from out of town. Do they normally, do you normally see those crowds like pour into some of your events? Yeah. Um, well, it's a little harder for our events because most of ours are free to attend. So mm -hmm. having those data points is a little harder to come by. Um, we do have a beer festival called Brugaloo and that attracts attendees from not only all around the country, but also at international guests as well. Um, we have, ticket sales for that for beer. So we are able to kind of look at the data of where yeah. those are being purchased from. Um, falling for local, I believe is probably a little more of a regional poll. Um, yeah. We're hoping that as it continues to grow, people will come in from maybe out of state court, but currently I think it's, it is probably within an hour. So That's right. So um, you're talking about like the different types of events that you guys do. And I'm particularly interested in like the beer festival category. And then maybe compare that with falling for local, just like number of attendees from both of the events. I'm sure, I mean, it's different for beer, it attracts more, but I just am interested by, you know, statistics, like how many people do it typically attend one of your, you know, Brugaloo events, like what's the attendance level for that? Yeah, um, that event has been going on for 12 years now. So um, it's gotten a lot more of a legacy behind it. Um, we, in 2019, I think we had 65,000 and more recently we had about 80,000 for that event. So that one's- that That's one's crazy. That's um, awesome. It's, and then as I had mentioned earlier, falling for locals yeah. a little bit newer. Yes. Um, so. It's still kind of is that one through. more of a, a shopping gift type deal or is the beer one is focused towards the beer festival right yeah. so it um is much heavier on the beer but there are local businesses and vendors and food trucks and live music there where yeah local there is beer there but it's a much larger presence of local businesses and vendors at that that one scares me of yet. I know my friend Bobby always says, come on, it's Brugaloo time because yeah. <laughs> he, represents, he represents High Wire Brewery. And so, um, and we live, you know, next to each other. And so every time that comes around goes, please tell Sarah that you're going to come with me. And I'm like, <laughs> don't be scared. You do great. <laughs> I think I might do it next year. Yeah. You know, know we'd love a couple of things that um, that you I wanted to add on to the the local and um, people pulling pulling other people in from other regions. I recently moved from Houston to a small town out in the country, and the last show that I did there, I would always ask the people, "Where are you from?" And it's just kind of you know how you start the dialogue. Yeah. And statistically, my husband and I laugh because about eighty percent were from Houston, and I'm like, "Okay, we moved from Houston." <laughs> And we're now two hours away and half, most, most of y'all are from Houston. So it's surprising how many people do. They just yeah. they love getting out and driving and going somewhere different. And so, you know, which, which told me be diverse in the things you offer, right? Mm -hmm. Because you never know, you know, where they're coming from. And then the other thing that to kind of piggyback on some of the conversation, you really need to be strategic in the events uh, that you want to go for, I, you know, as a new maker, you're going to try a couple smaller events that maybe you sell nothing at or you do great at. I, I made the mistake one time of doing one that was just a kid event, right? And, mm -hmm. and I maybe three things, but I got my name out, but I won't ever do a little, you know, kid jumping house event ever again. But, it, you know, so you got to be smart about what you do. If you're going to go to one that is a brewery type or a beer festival, bring your items that are more geared towards that, your koozies, your tumblers, mm -hmm. your cups, something that they might say, ah, oh, you know, 
this, mm-hmm. this relates to this type of event, but you may not sell a bunch of pillows at that event, right? <laughs> Whereas you might at the other one, right? Where people are looking for gifts and things. So it's, uh, that's just kind of my, you know, discussion to bring to it. Yeah. Listen to you ladies. No, that's great. I, I definitely think you know, not only trying to strategically choose the events that you're a part of, but strategically planning the inventory that you bring to those particular events is, is a really important Yeah. Yes. It's so, uh, I mean, I think coming in prepared ahead of time is, is our kind of like key word here, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that's like the trending, um, you know, yeah. um, prepping topic. Yeah, exactly. And so Sarah, do you have any um, like future advice for those that, you know, kind of want to try and participate in, in their local event and their community? Yeah, I think, you know, certainly keeping an eye out for when applications open and getting it in as quickly as possible. Um, if it is an, a, an event that kind of works on a more first come first serve thing, you will, mm-hmm. and particularly if you're in like a, a very saturated category of sorts for your area, you want to make sure that you're getting that application in there really early so that you can be considered. Um, if you're accepted, I think it's really, really important to make sure that you're reading everything that's sent to you. We know y'all have got a lot going on as well and that you're probably working multiple events. And I think it's, it'll take a lot of the headache off of it for you if you're very prepared for that day knowing okay this is where I'm going if you've got an opportunity yeah. to drive by the event site beforehand and maybe figure out where mm-hmm. the load-in entrance is just so that that morning you're not scrambling and trying to figure out is this it? Is I'm supposed to be yeah. here um, making sure you know if is the tent provided or tables provided is electricity provided or these yeah. things I need to request ahead of time so that there are no day of surprises yeah, as prepared yeah. as possible. That certainly makes it run a lot smoother for everyone involved. I agree. Um, Sarah, before we close out, um, we wanted, Alicia and I wanted to thank you for giving us your time. I know you guys are very busy and you have a big event coming up. And so do you have um, any, um, you know, anything to plug? I know this might not be applicable to other people out there outside of Raleigh, but um, for those that are local, do you want to kind of like share some insights or plug something? Sure. Well, I did want to say, I was telling you ladies earlier, I know y'all refer to me as the expert, but a lot of you ladies, y'all set up at a lot more events that we do. And so sometimes, you know, you see how other ones run. And, and I think providing that feedback to organizers is always great as well. If you've got something to share, being constructive and, and giving that information back to us is always very helpful. Um, but yeah, so Shop Local Raleigh, the nonprofit business alliance, if you're in the Wake County area and you're local independently owned business, uh, we'd love to meet with you and connect and see how we can help grow. Awesome. Great. You know, a couple key takeaways before we close here that I picked up on this is that I heard you say and is joining your like chamber of commerce or your local groups because it gets you in the door quicker, right? That's a, and I'm seeing that I've had to do that recently after moving to Houston. That's one thing. And the other key takeaway is, is preparing before like a checklist, everything that I need on that day, what does it look like? So the more prep that you can do and then getting involved in your community by joining those memberships is kind of my key takeaway for today. And so I really do appreciate uh, you coming in and speaking to us. And I'll hand it over to May to do the closeout. Yes. Um, you know, thank you so much. I know a lot of people are probably in the middle of their production life. Um, but for those that are, you know, going to be listening later, and I think um, I agree with everything what Alicia said and Sarah. Um, and there's a lot of things that I'm, you know, 
taking it all in and putting it, you know, in my little uh, memory notebook. Um, when you participate in an event, it's really important because uh, it shares your brand exposure. Um, just like what Sarah says, it tells your story, who you are, and you're meeting with the community. Um, and so when you're making the business connection, either uh, with your community or personal, because they want to see you, they follow you, they, you know, they have that connection with you. Uh, and so when you are, you know, advertising that you're going to be participating in an event on your socials, that's like your personal um, connection with your brand. But when you talk about business connection, that opens up, you know, opportunities for you to meet future clients. And so I think it's really important um, not only to participate in local events like this, but also as a business owner to be out there meeting with the community, doing engagement. Um, just getting to know your fellow vendors too is really important. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to take up too much of your time. I know we went over for a couple minutes, but we want to thank you so much and um, hope to um, bring you back, maybe give us some more insights next year or so. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate it. Thank you, May. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you. Thank you.